Back to uh, back to a little bit more regular uh, frequency here. So you're going to jinx us right off the bat with that. Yes, I am. I keep doing that to every podcast I'm in just to see exactly how long we can go between episodes. Well, um, it's going to become a yearly podcast if ah, we keep that up. Damn it! You really need to get your priorities straight. Anyway, yeah, my so, priorities are are drinking in Seattle, not in driving to wherever this is. I'm not following. Yeah, I, I know you wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. So, let's talk topics. Um, it is right smack dab in the middle of summer, the middle end, you know, of summer. Technically, Seattle summer doesn't really end until September, so, like the end of September, yeah, in so my opinion. That's about right. So, we're going to talk some summer cocktails. We're also going to discuss the best patios to go sit on, and I suspect some other topics will come up as we go. Never happens. No, we're always... To the point, direct, and know exactly what we're doing. Yes. Exactly. Sweet. So, let's talk summer cocktails. What are, uh, what, what is a summer cocktail exactly? See, you always do that. You ask me the question like I'm some sort of expert. You tell me what you think a summer cocktail is. <sighs> Such a dick. And then I'll give you the, the, full, the actual, the, 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 the foolproof answer. They're right. So, a summer cocktail, in my mind, is any cocktail that I can have, well, actually, let's just say... It's a cocktail that lands in the dangerous category, a.k.a. Dangerous? You're sitting out on the back patio, you have five or six of them, you have absolutely no idea how much alcohol they are in, you try standing up, and all of a sudden the world's upside down. Summer cocktails, good, yummy, easy to just drink all day without a problem, except for yeah. the whole standing up issue. That's a, that's a decent, decent definition, yeah. <laughs> Says the non-expert. Yeah, I'm, I'm not an expert by any means. I was just going to go with a summer cocktail is when you drink in the summertime, because then it's a summer cocktail. It's a very smart-ass answer. Yeah, you're so, shaking your head at me. So disappointed. So let's talk, um, actually, about some things that are probably traditional summer cocktails. Uh, I know some of them we've talked about here before, like the mint julep. I think that, that, would, definitely that would definitely qualify. count. Um, probably mojitos. <laughs> going to fucking hurt you. <laughs> What? Look, here's. The, I didn't say they're the same. It's not I, my I, fault. That I know, you but you bring that. it up every. I don't. <laughs> you bring it up every time. Uh, Moving on. Yeah. So, other summer cocktails, uh, sangria would probably count. Sangria would count. I, does the sangria actually hit the uh, cocktails, or is that more just a abomination of wine? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I guess if you want to go with the like purest definition of a cocktail. It doesn't have, have any uh, spirits. Yeah, there's no spirits in it technically. So, um, however, having said that, I I would count sangria as a cocktail personally. Like I don't I don't know else. I mean, you could count it as a mixed mm, wine, mixed wine, wine yeah. cooler. I don't know, but I, neither of those sound as appetizing as saying it's a cocktail. Yeah, so I'll I'll go sangria for cocktails. Um, gin and tonic, gin and tonic, another it's a good, good gin, one. You know? Yeah, as long as you're drinking the important gin. Yes, basically, if you're not drinking anything but Hendrix. <laughs> Botanist is also good. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't actually had that one yet. Old Raj is pretty good. Um, do they have? I can more... give you a list of good gins to try. Now, the the gins you mentioned, do they have more of the uh, uh, Christmas tree flavor or more of the cucumbery um, yumminess? Uh, I would count them more as the cucumber yumminess. We'll go with that for the description. There, uh, all three of those that I mentioned are actually all Scottish gins. So, like you know, there's a theme there for you wait they're drunken gins <laughs> yes of course oh good i will have to try some of those what were they again Just, uh, uh, so besides hendrix which you continue to forget despite it being in your liquor cabinet i noticed um i have an interesting story to tell you about hendrix we'll do that in uh, a second botanist botanist and uh old raj raj i assume that these are easy to pick up at any uh liquor store worth its salt which means for our listeners in Tennessee, you're probably fucked. 
uh, don't come to me. Come to Zach's house for your shotgun fun with that one. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I have not been able to find botanist at like Bevmo as an example, but right. I can find it at Total Wine. Um, okay. So, so I, it might be a little bit your uh, more high end uh, spirit stores. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of depends on the curation of, of who's doing the liquor store too. Because I, I mean, like I've seen the the U District QFC actually has a really impressive liquor store. You know, I've actually been, um, usually in college towns, QFC has a great selection of spirits and wine and beer, um, which is weird because my college experience was like 90% of those people were drinking Bud or Coors or other shitty alcohol. I'm thinking Bud and Coors is probably a step up from what most people are drinking in college. I must have gone to swanky colleges. I I don't know. I like I just I hear of like Schlitz and PBR and things like that. Have you been talking to people from Wazoo again? Occasionally, yes. yeah. See that that would do it. I th- I don't. Uh, I think when you're uh, in BFE, you just can't get mediocre shitty beer. You have to settle for the absolute bottom of the barrel. But let me tell you the story about my magical bottle of Hendrix in my office. So about a year ago. I bought a bottle of Hendrix, and I came in hmm, less than a day later, and there was like maybe an inch left in the bottom of the bottle. Then I went to lunch, and I came back, and there was a full bottle of Hendrix there. This process has repeated itself over and over and over every two to three days for the last year. So as near as I can tell, I've got a magic bottle of Hendrix that constantly fills itself up. I would love to have that bottle. Like I, I managed to drink through a absolute ton of my liquor cabinet, and it's going to cost me a fortune to replace it. Yes, that is the drawback. So let's talk. Uh, we mentioned a bunch of different summer cocktails. Uh, which of those is your favorite? Is there a favorite you have that we didn't mention? And like... Let's talk maybe how to make some of those or, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, a really good daiquiri, actually. Oh, daiquiris. I forgot about those. Uh, and, and I mean like a real daiquiri, not blended, like a, an actual daiquiri. Now, um, for our audience, what is the distinction between a Slurpee that you call a daiquiri and an actual daiquiri? For the most part, it's just blended up ice. I mean, realistically speaking, it's just it's been blended and I personally dislike that as opposed to having it just be the rum and, and lime juice and, and you know all the ingredients stirred shaken rather um and in a cocktail glass right do but, you have a preference over stirred or shaken uh, uh despite what you might hear from james bond um you shake drinks that have any sort of opaque liquid in them and you stir anything that would be just uh spirits so an example would be so you're going to stir an old-fashioned, but you're going to shake a uh, margarita? Yes. Yeah, exactly. look at that knowledge. Yeah, good job. <laughs> um, and, and it's the same thing with like a, a daiquiri because it's got lime juice in it. It's going to be shaken. Uh-huh. Okay. And so the main constituents in a daiquiri are rum, lime juice. I'm forgetting something. Uh, I don't remember what... Um, I, I'm not a huge daiquiri fan. It, it feels like there like, need to be something that's a little sweeter in there as well. Yeah, there's a liqueur. I mean, essentially... Uh, like Contro or uh, something of that variety? It might be Contro, yeah. The, the, um, Which means it's functionally a margarita. With rum. With rum instead of That uh, is exactly tequila. what that is, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, that's an oversimplification, uh, and I'm sure that the bartenders at Rumba, which is this basically Caribbean rum themed bar in Capitol Hill um, would like hate me for that. But they were also like, I don't know. One time I was there, I was not terribly impressed with the bartender, but that's a different story. There's a, so I went to school at UW and <laughs> one of the schools, you went one to. of the schools I went to was UW and there was a donut shop that I used to go to right on 50th and, uh, was there uh, a daiquiri University. really good? Well, no, when I was there, it was just a 24 hour donut shop. Uh, since then, I don't know if it's still this way. It's been a couple years since I've been out there, but it had turned into a Caribbean fusion restaurant of some variety Okay, that had amazing pulled pork and plantains and all this other yumminess. And they had these 
rum punch style drinks. Tiki drinks. Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember what was in them, but oh my God, were they good. Like uh, the, the pulled pork or uh, um, any of the food they had there was just great. And it had, uh, I'm, I don't usually like beans, but they had this red bean um, thing with some spices in it. It was just hmm. great. Um, it was like a little spicy and, uh, oh yeah, the rum punches that they had went just amazingly well with it. See, that's, that's a good example of like, I would think of rum punch style drinks as well as tiki drinks as a, which was an entire style of drink as being a a largely, um, a largely summer-ish drink. Or for those kind of drinks, you're usually expecting something that's outside and hot, right? Yes. So you can drink it in Mexico. Year Not round. in the summer, but yeah. pretty much year-round. Uh, you made a distinction between tiki drinks and, say, rum punches. What is What was that about? Well, I mean, I, I have had rum punches that were, because of what how they were made, were much more what I would consider a fall or winter drink. Um, so it was a little more um, flavorful, a little more um, yeah. For me, it's spicy. It's, not, it's, not like a heat spicy, but a little more mold flavors. Yeah, well, um, so like all like spices all is in there a yeah. lot, right? Um, all spiced ram would be in there, or they're using like mulling spices of some sort to put in when they're making the the, the punch, and it might be a warm punch as opposed right. to a, a cold punch. For me, like, I mean, I made the, that smart ass joke about it's a cocktail you drink in the summer is a summer cocktail, but um, summer but, actually is the least. Uh, what would be the ways to phrase that? The least distinctive for me, as far as cocktails go, like. It, I always think of like winter usually comes up when you're thinking of particular cocktails because yeah, you have like every, of a season of, yes. of a seasonal drink. I think of winter just because it, I end up drinking very specific drinks or being pulled more towards drinks that have like a that sort of a flavor profile, which is usually more like you said, it's like allspice dram or other things like that that have made it right. We uh, this year, uh, one of our friends, he's uh, Texan, but he grew up in Germany. So, you know, he's functionally German. And he was telling us... I could us, have ended so differently with functional in there. But. Yes. He's also a functional alcoholic, but, you know, hey, who isn't? Uh, one of the, None of our listeners. <laughs> no. Uh, both of our listeners. Um, Hi, Mom. <laughs> Actually, my mom wouldn't listen to this, so, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So he was telling us about this uh, drink that they used to have at Christmas time in Germany, which was a wine of some variety, and he like threw out this big German word, and you pour it into the um, pan, you put in some allspice and assorted other spices in there, you heat it up, and then you drink it warm. And as he was talking, I was like, wait a minute, hold on one second, went running to the wine cabinet, uh, and I'm like, no, no, nope. Here it is. Like literally four or five months before I'd been at the store and I thought, I don't know what this is. It's from Germany. It has weird instructions on how to serve this. I'm getting this for later. <laughs> I bring it back to the kitchen. I'm like, is this what you're talking about? He goes, you wait, wait, what? This is exactly it. Like same brand and everything. Um, so we ended up having uh, that bottle. It was super yummy. <laughs> This would be way better. This story would be way better if I could remember the name of it. It probably would, yeah. but you know, thankfully, I don't have the high bar for uh, stories that I tell. But like another example of a uh, interesting "quote unquote" summer cocktails. Like a lot of times, people don't think of uh, bourbon as a summer drink, even even if even if the mint julep, right? Think people think of that as summery. A lot of people don't think of bourbon as a as a summer thing. They think of it as more of a fall, winter, whatever, and then they go back to other drinks in the summertime. But like taking the idea of a mint julep and like deconstructing it a little bit, I made a mint old fashioned. Comes out insanely good. Is that basically uh, replace the citrus in the old fashioned with uh, mint? Yeah. Hmm. So I muddled up a little bit of mint. Stirred it as normal. Um, you know, I actually still used bitters as normal. And then add a little bit of a mint uh, garnish. And so you can get a little bit more extra of the floral out of that, right? And you can get the smell. And, yeah, it tastes great. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like a mint julep, but 
without the need mm-hmm. to have a Lewis without bag it. and crush the ice and have a special glass for it. And right. The uh, for those of you playing at home, the mint julep does take a little bit of production. It's almost like absinthe, possibly harder than absinthe. Actually, <laughs> I mean. You need to make sure you have chilled cups. You need to make sure you have shaved ice. You need... Well, no, you don't need to... All you really need is a Lewis bag and... uh... And now for our listeners out there that may not be familiar with the Lewis bag, what exactly is a Lewis bag? And don't say it's a bag from a guy named Lewis. (laughs) No, it's a type of of bag that's basically... It's a cotton material that wicks away moisture. You put ice into it, and then you hit it with a hammer. Now, it's a special hammer. like It's usually like a, a larger... Is it Maxwell's silver hammer? No. But good good, good musical reference there for you. Uh, do we have to charge... Like, Do we get charged for the Beatles now for that? or? Well, considering most of them are dead, I think we're in the clear. And I didn't actually put the song in, but I might later just play it reversed and nobody will know. Okay, fair enough. Um it's like a wooden mallet, right? And you, you, you hit the ice with that, and that'll crush the ice. Mm-hmm. You don't need to worry about shaving the ice that way. You can also do it in a blender. Like, that's like, I mean, it sounds funny, but it, it works. works, and yeah. it like is quicker to a certain extent than trying to hammer it. Um, you just you want to pulse the blender just a couple of times to crunch up the ice. You don't want it to get liquidy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it's usually in some sort of tin or copper cup, something that, that allows it to kind of frost up, like right. the, the cup will frost up, but it doesn't need to be chilled. Um, you basically will... The other weird thing is, like, I mean, it's kind of like an adult snow cone, right? Because you end up stuffing it full of ice, and then you put alcohol in it, um, and mint, obviously. Um, right. But the fun thing with a mint julep is if it's done well, it's usually with some sort of overproof bourbon or rye. Mm-hmm. So, like, that first couple of sips... It's a pretty powerful drink. I don't think I've ever actually had a good mint julep. I've had mint juleps before, but they've been made by friends that were, um, you know, more into pouring fat stacks of sugar and alcohol into ice and mixing it up. So similar components to a mint julep. I mean, they just probably went overboard. Yeah. Um, If you're in the Seattle area or... (laughs) uh, Actually, have you been to Austin lately? Because we might have a listener there as well. I have not been to Austin ever. Oh, you should go. It's fun. Um, so if you're in Seattle and like, damn, I need me a mint julep, where are you going to go? Um, you're going to hate me for this because it always comes back to... Like, Canon? Canon is awesome for them. Um, but I, let, let's face it. You're asking me where to go for a whiskey cocktail. Right. But, and it's... Well, the best whiskey bar in the United States. And by the best whiskey bar in the United States, you mean the closest whiskey bar to your house. It's not the closest. It, it honestly isn't. Uh, it's pretty damn close, but it's not the closest. Uh, I, I don't mean that. Like, I, if you look up, if you look up a whiskey bar in the United States on like just the Googles, right? You will get. You mean Lugal? Lugal. Have you watched Hot Tub Time Machine? Or Hot Tub Time Machine Two? I'm gonna go no no on both of those. I was sick one day. Yeah. Was that because you washed it? Mostly. Okay, just checking. Um no, but like if you if you actually like were to do a web search of whatever variety you want, although I don't know what else is out there besides Google that would be useful. Um <laughs> Yahoo answers. <laughs> ask Alta Jeeves. Vista, ask Jeeves. <laughs> um Canon will actually pop up. If not the top, one of the top five very consistently in every single report that you do. Um, Tin Table, which is also in Capitol Hill. Really, really good um, mint julep. I don't know that I've ordered one outside of those two places. Um, I could take guesses at, at... other places that could probably do a good job of it. Zigzag Cafe would probably be pretty good. Um, I'd be willing to bet that uh, Bathtub Gin could do a good job. Um, Wouldn't they have to make it with gin? <laughs> no. They've, they've, uh, they would have to make it in a bathtub. But um, I'm trying to think of who else like that I've been to that I know would make a really good one. And those are like the, the top of the list, I think. Um, well, it sounded like you had a pretty good read on where to drink in Portland. Is there any place in Portland to go for a good mint julep? Clyde Commons. Um, also, uh, Pepe La Moque, or, yeah, Pepe La Moque, 
which is owned by the same or run, the bar manager the same. Um, and they're like practically next door to each other. Uh, those would be the only two places I could think of that I would like really want to try. So it looks like you weren't shitting me. Uh, Cannon shows up is number three on the top 21 whiskey bars in Seattle or in the U.S., excuse me, from the Thrillist. And, well, 22, but Cannon was number three on their list. And I've personally used the Thrillist to find a lot of good places to go, mm-hmm. um, bar-wise, food-wise. So It's got a 157-page alcohol list, most of which is some version of whiskey. Wow. So, I, I mean, like, when you ask for the full menu, it doesn't come out printed. It comes out on an iPad. And <laughs> that's you, awesome. And there's sections of it that are like, you know, the the Scotch Preservation Society. Here's the bottles. There, there, there are literally people who have have their bottles that are in Canon's collection. And basically, if someone is dumb enough to order it, they'll get like you know, a couple hundred dollars out of the deal because some of those shots are insane. Right. I've been uh, to a number of high-end restaurants where you're looking at the menu and they have like some kind of spirit that's a hundred dollars $300 a shot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that better be some damn fine uh, alcohols. For the most part, and I include myself in this, so I'm not like being derogatory, but for the most part, most people can't tell that difference, right? Oh, no, that's... Um, that's why I typically don't go in for those because I don't have a refined enough palate to tell. Yeah. Um, I can definitely tell the difference on some things that I drink a lot or that I have a lot of. Um, like I can tell the difference between 12-year and 22-year-old Balvenie. Um That's better than I'm going to be able to do. Um, I can normally tell if I like it or if I don't. Fair enough. So I don't recommend ordering the $1,400 cocktail at Canon. Uh, well, that was like, I, I was flipping through my iPad here, and that was at the top of the list of things I was going to order when I go there later. But um, As long as you're buying one for me, too, and you fart in the bill. Well, I was going to get it for the whole bar, and that's going to run like hell. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you have an expense account? Can't you just? Oh, balls. I forgot to do my expense report. Yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> do you need a text on that later? or uh, Yeah, that might help. Yeah. So, okay. Summer cocktails, you're voting for the mint julep. I think I'm going to go with sangria. Mostly because um, I really like just sitting out on the back porch with a pitcher of something close by that I can refill quickly and easily. It takes almost no work. Along those lines, I recently came across a recipe for and tried out a bourbon punch that was really, really good. I am interested. What goes in this bourbon punch? So you have to make a... You make a simple syrup base um, that's the sweetener for the punch. And it's a five-spice bourbon punch. So uh, it's like peppercorns, uh, cloves, star anise fennel seeds, and cinnamon. Um, And basically, you take everything but the cinnamon sticks, dry roast them just to kind of unlock the bouquet, make them, you know, have the the smell come out really good and have them, like, as they're toasted, you're going to throw them into the water so it's going to help with the flavor transfer. Um, And and you, in the water, you add the cinnamon sticks and obviously sugar because it's a simple syrup. Um, This makes, you know, the, the simple syrup recipe essentially makes enough for three batches worth of the punch, each batch being about um, four cocktails worth. So, you know, if you were to make it all at once, that's 12 cocktails. Even you or I would have a hard time drinking 12 cocktails in a day and still being coherent. Um, That is true. And then it's... uh, But a day and a half, I think. Well, together, I think 12 would be fine. Yeah, Yeah. that's a decent uh, afternoon. Like, you know, from two to four. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. and then uh, lime juice, and then some a little bit of club soda, and it's just a really refreshing. It has some really good flavor. 
the, the five spice syrup, um, because you're making it with whole spices, you can control the, the ratio a lot better. Right. And you don't have the sediment that you would have normally, uh, or have to worry about the sediment. So you strain out the, you know, you strain out the, the large pieces and you're left with a fairly clean syrup that you just add to the bourbon, add lime juice, and then add, um, add club soda. And you've got a pitcher of four cocktails worth or more if you want, if you have a big enough pitcher, right? Right. And there you go. You can now pour your I am sold. bourbon drink. Now, if our listeners are interested in how to make that, is there a chance you could post that recipe on the Icy Cocktails website? I could, yeah. That would be icycocktails.com. Yes. I-S-E-E-C-O-C-K-T-A-I-L-S.com. See? He hasn't been drinking enough. He can still spell. And I can enunciate clearly. <laughs> so, now that we have a drink to sit on a patio, let's talk about some of the best patios to sit on in Seattle. Is this where I mentioned the fact that Cannon has a backyard patio, and you can give me a really dirty look. So I think what we ought to do, actually, is see Not if... Not allow me to talk about Cannon anymore? No, no, no. I'm going a completely different direction. We should see if the nice folks at Cannon will let us do our podcast from there. And uh, maybe even start just making them a uh, um, advertiser on the show, and we can do a little Cannon ad every week. I thought that was me talking, but... You talking is good because right now they're not paying us, which means you actually believe what you're saying. Well, fair enough. Once they start paying us, it becomes even better because then we have money. You know that green stuff that... Pennies per podcast. Pennies per... Like, that's almost FU money. It is. I mean, I don't know if I told you this, but... Get our internet dollars going. My other podcast, we made $15, and I was like, you know, seconds away from quitting my job. Did... Did you actually make $15 yet? Shut up. Because if I remember correctly, Shut up. there was like this limit you had to get to. La, 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 la. And you hadn't reached it yet? Yeah, yeah. I have to make $30 before I get a check. Screw you. Okay. Just checking. I mean. So, Canon has a nice patio is what you're telling me. Can- Not only can I get great whiskey there and a $1,400 cocktail, but. Canon has a patio. As far as like best patios, I actually wouldn't call it that, quite honestly. It, I mean, it, it's kind of cool to be able to drink outside and drink at Canon. That's a good mm-hmm. combination. But I, outside of the coolness factor of, of... An awesome bar that has a bunch of amazing whiskeys. Their patio is not necessarily insanely special outside of the fact that it increases their seating capacity, which is very, very small. Hmm. Okay. So let's talk some nice places to sit then. Where would you say is... Let's say you're on Capitol Hill. It's a nice sunny day, and you want to just... Sit in a patio and drink the liquors. Uh, well, it kind of depends on how you want to view patios. But um, what Linda's makes... Tavern would has a patio that was is, that's kind of well known. Um, I guess there's type there's two different types of patios or outdoor drinking, right? Like you've got the the actual patio where it's there's no roof and you're sitting in there's the sun. There's a nice ambiance. They've got like fire or. Uh orientation that makes it good for talking whatever yeah and and like it could have it could have been set up to have a view like in a lot of places in capitol hill will be set up to like view out onto the sound or onto lake union or Mm -hmm. something some other view maybe it's you've got some visual aspects so you're sitting there going wow this is just an amazing place to hang out so like a a good example of that is actually uh, terra plata um which is kind of at the base of what would be going towards Capitol Hill? I think technically it's First Hill there. Um, okay, but it's um, just on the east side of um, I five. Right. But you're up on the hill, so you actually have a view of downtown plus the lake. Oh, um, very nice. So you're kind of looking from downtown up through South Lake Union. Yeah. Um, so awesome patio. Um, they have a pretty good bar there. They have good food there, and that would be like a really nice place um as soon as it opens it's usually pretty full like i mean a couple times that i've tried to go there if you really want to sit in the patio the um the wait time could be like an hour long if you like are there after it's been open for a little bit so let's say that you're uh, waiting for your seat at terra plata is there some place close that you could go to while you're waiting mm, let me think 
Rumba is actually fairly close. Uh, although there's no really outdoor patio for that. Um, Sun Liquor oh. is fairly close too, I think. That's okay. Like largely when I'm waiting for a nice seat, I'm willing to settle for good alcohol while I'm waiting. So that is the nice thing about where that's at. There's actually two or three bars very close by. Um, I don't remember the names of them, so I'll, I will admit to that. Um, there's a, I wouldn't recommend necessarily going to one of the restaurants nearby because ideally you'd be wanting to like get food at Terra Plata um, if you're going to be waiting for a, a table there and everything. Yep. And what kind of food do they have? Um, it's hard to describe. It's yummy. It's good food. It's yummy. Um, I'm, last time that I was there, I had like a a cheese platter and a cartoucherie plate, right? So, um, and and it was like fresh everything that's nice and it's it's usually local sourced stuff at at that place so like the cheeses were i think the furthest away for a a, um for a source on that was like maybe whidbey island oh okay so like local ish yeah because whidbey island's not that far away no i mean from from there whidbey island is you know i mean a ferry ride but it's it's not really that long yeah, I've been actually really happy lately with an assortment of places for getting a decent uh, meat and cheese board. Uh, yeah, I went all low-tech on that one. It's okay. Um, there's a number of uh, wine bars in the Maple Valley area. <laughs> <laughs> now, it may not be as swanky as Seattle. You know, what? the next podcast that we do, you're, you are bringing your... Like recording equipment to my apartment, and we'll do the podcast, and then we will walk to any number of bars, or hell, we'll walk to four or five bars because they're all walkable. Dude, the bars in Maple Valley are walkable too, provided you drive to the parking lot and walk from the parking lot to the bar. Not just that, but I mean, like, I'm willing to bet that within a I'll make it reasonable. I'll say within a two-mile radius of my house, there are more restaurants, bars, places to eat than there are in all of Maple Valley. Um, I think you're greatly underestimating how many fast food restaurants there are no, in Maple I'm, Valley. No, I'm including the fast food restaurants in Maple Valley. Challenge accepted. Because I can think of, in less than a quarter of a mile, we're, I, we're gonna, I can think of 12. We're going to use the Googles. Okay. And we're going to figure out, in Maple Valley, how many restaurants there are. That should be easy enough. And then we'll use some magic else on the Googles to find out how many restaurants are within two miles of your house. Okay. And we'll post the data. We'll see how it lands. I think Maple Valley is actually going to have more. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong on this one. However... I guarantee you that if we start to put any sort of We're not talking about quality, quality. Because the minute we talk quality, I'm pooched. Yeah. Because <laughs> while there are good restaurants in Maple Valley, the volume of them is not nearly as densely as you're going to find in a city. That's one of the drawbacks to living out in, you know, bedroom communities. Yeah, which is why I'll never do this again. But if you need a Walmart, oh yeah, we got one of those. Why would you need a Walmart? I have no fucking idea. You know, I have not been to, like... Don't I, lie. I No, like... I don't go to Walmart of my own free will. I will go... Well, okay, that's that's cheating. Of your own free will is kind of like saying... The last time I went to Walmart was eight or nine months ago when my nephew was like, can we go to Walmart? That's where they have Mixels. Now, for those of you playing at home, Mixels are a brand of Legos, and you cannot buy them anywhere. So when an eight-year-old... Are they a brand of Legos, or are they, like, they're, just Lego-like things? No, no, they're a brand of Legos. They're... Uh, Lego monsters that are created, and you can mix them around and take the arm off of one and put it on the and other. And they actually have the Legos. Yep, Lego right. logo on them. And you can't buy them at, like, the Lego store? Uh, no, you can't buy them. Like, most places don't have them. It's crazy. All right. So he's like, they have them at, they have them at uh, Walmart. And I'm like, no, they don't. He's like, please, 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 please. I'm like, okay, fine, we'll go to Walmart. And then they're going, man, this place is worse than I fucking remember it. But I'll point out that you've now been at Walmart, and you can't say that you don't go there. Right, but like, it's not like I'm going there because I want to. I had an eight-year-old kid that was, uh, you know, going to melt down if we didn't. That's different. 
Actually, mm-hmm. you sh- you know what that's like. I mean, fair enough. I'm just saying. I, I know. I know. I How many like places I've, have you ended up you. because you uh, your daughter was like, "We absolutely have to do this, Dad." I'm guessing more than one. I think the least favorable place that I've been because my daughter has said that we absolutely have to go somewhere is McDonald's play areas. Oh, I hate those. Yeah, they're pretty bad. But so I'll take that over. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. Uh, Tiny, tiny, tiny uh, uh, digression. (laughs) We uh, we've been so on topic already. (laughs) Exactly. So we go out. (laughs) I'll edit that out. We go out pretty much every Sunday as a family with my nephew. And we alternate who gets to pick. And we try and choose restaurants that are different than my nephew hasn't been to before so he can get a kind of wider experience of food than he might get with his family, which basically goes to McDonald's all the time. Is he a very picky eater, or have you like managed to like train him out of that to a certain extent? Uh, he's getting better. Okay. Like, we had uh, Greek food on Sunday, and he tried, like, uh, shish kebabs. Okay. So, you know, there's improvement here. But... He, on his days to pick, we don't really tell sure. him no. We just let him pick. It's his turn. And like two weeks ago, he's like, McDonald's. And my wife and I are like, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same time. No discussion. Just like, no, we're not going there. And he's like, Wendy's. And we're like, no. He's like, well, where can we go? And I'm like, you can go anywhere you want, little man, as long as you don't have to order off the wall. Now... I've been to some really good restaurants that you order off the wall. Not in a bedroom community. No. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That means you're talking all fast food. Although that's not completely true. And the reason why I'll point that out is I have been to El Reconcito in Renton. Ooh, I love El Reconcito. And see, Renton would definitely be a bedroom community, especially the Highlands. Yeah, but uh, El Reconcito is kind of a uh, outlier. It's a hey, rest, it's like a pseudo fast food I'm restaurant that actually gives you, you real like authentic uh, Spanish foods. Yeah, or I, I guess Mexican foods, yeah. and it's super yummy. Their tacos I'm, are great. I'm just here to prove you wrong. So eh, hey, makes it happy. I'll let you have a little win. <laughs> so let's talk other places in the city where you can actually find a really good patio. I know. Um, you've already plugged Canon like about a dozen times. Yeah, I'll stop with that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, until uh, and we'll give it another ten minutes. Maybe. Earlier, you mentioned that Witness is good. Yeah, uh, it's also no. on Capitol Hill. Also on Capitol Hill. Uh, what does what uh, makes Witness's patio special? Uh, you know, I don't really know. I don't know what you would call special about it. It's just a really nice ambiance, nice feeling. It has. Um, it's not so the few times that i've been there have not been like sweltering hot which is one thing that i dislike about patios Mm -hmm. sometimes but that's me um uh and it's it's got a good view good i mean it's a good bar in general um i know i was uh one day i had a buddy text me and go hey dude i'm in downtown seattle you want to come hang out and drink i'm like yeah sure sounds good to me you never Uh, answer that way to me yeah, it was before I had a kid. Well, fair And enough. my wife was in China, so what are you going to do? Ship your wife to China? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, so I said. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen to anything I do. She has never listened to a podcast, so it was totally safe. Huh, well, you know, that makes sense. How come you're still married? Yep. Exactly. So anyways, my buddy Vasily texts me, and uh, I'm like, okay, I'll be there in about 20 minutes. Drove into the city. He told me he was in Post Alley. Okay. I'm like, okay, cool. And so he texts me his location via his iPhone. And then I'm like trying to, like, I'm in Post Alley walking up and down trying to figure out where the hell he is. Can't find him. Uh, Come around um, this little, like, there's patio out there. I'm like, hmm, this is, I don't know where. And he goes, Zach! I'm like, what the hell? There was actually a raised patio at a bar that had a view, and I was like, this is awesome. I don't remember where it's at. The place may not be there anymore. That's the one thing that is uh, 
both interesting and kind of sucky about the city is it does have a lot of turnover. Yeah, things change pretty often. And bars that you're at that are good may not be there later. So what side of... Well, now I'm, I'm curious, because yeah, Post Alley is like, it's fairly long, right? Yeah. You've got the section that goes past the gum wall, down, all the way up to the other direction. It was the other direction, away from the gum wall, like north. Hmm. Now I'm we, curious, I'll have to go walk. Yeah, we basically spent the entire afternoon just kind of bar hopping through all of the different places oh, there's of Post a ton Alley. Of places of Post Alley. Um, I mean, um, well, and a couple of those are actually like, I mean, it's off the topic of patios, but a couple of those are famous worldwide for a number of reasons. I mean, Zigzag Cafe kind of helped fuel the the cocktail renaissance of a sort. Yep. Um, we talked about them in a previous yeah. podcast. You should check out episode mm-hmm. one and two, where um, I'm sure we covered that. We did, yeah. yeah. Um, and, but, I mean, that's a good example. That's a Post Alley. Yeah, Post Alley is awesome. Um, interestingly enough, I have a buddy who, uh, Matt, who I do my other podcast with, um, and he, uh, last year when we were in PAX, uh, which is a video game nerd convention, he, uh, the first night we we're in town, we got hotels. We we're going to stay downtown Seattle, um, just because, you know, it sucks to have to drive home when you're just coming back to the same place, uh, in the, the morning. Next day, yeah. yeah. So about eight or nine o'clock that first night, I'm like, Hey, let's go get some dinner. Let's go find a bar to drink at. And we hopped bars all up and down through Seattle. We're about uh, 1230, 1 o'clock, and Matt's like, this is awesome. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, every other year when I'm in a pack, I just got to bed. I'm like, you have been hanging out with some super lame people and missing out on an awesome downtown scene. There are tons. So, like, we spent the whole weekend just taking him to new places where he'd never been before, which is also where I saw one of the funniest goddamn things ever. Um... What's the name of the bar right above the gum wall? They serve uh, uh, Manhattans and whatnot. Um, I don't know. There's like three right above the gum wall. It's the famous one that has like uh, music downstairs and a little seating room upstairs. You lost me. I don't, I don't Is know. Is it like the cha-cha or... Ah, damn it. I mean, zigzag's close to there, but that's not above the bar, uh, above the gum wall. Um... No alibis across the street, or the alibi room. Right? The alibi room, yeah, yeah. It's the alibi room. Okay. So we're in the alibi room, and he'd never been there before, so I'm like, okay, so here's a bar up here. That's across the street from the gum wall, not above yeah, it. Yeah, sorry. I... No, I just like, you know, if you're yeah, downtown yeah, yeah. Seattle looking for something above the gum wall, you yeah. will not find this bar there. No, it is across the street. I got my directions messed up. So we go... you were drunk. Ex- yeah, that's it. That My one drink today set me over the edge. No, no, I mean at the time. Oh, at the drunk. time, definitely, yeah. Uh, so we go into the alibi room and I'm like, Hey, here's a bar up here. Let's go downstairs. I'll show you where the live music is. And so we walk downstairs and like it's people wall to wall in a tiny room. And the bar downstairs is situated right next to the stage. Mm -hmm. So you have to work your way through a sea of people to get to the bar. And then you have to wait at the bar to try and get a drink. Now Matt's big. He's six, two. I'm not. I'm 5'7". So I watch him start to wade through these people. Shut up. (laughs) When I'm wearing my shoes with the heels. Uh, So I watch him start to wade through the sea of people, and I can't figure out what he's doing. I'm like, maybe he really digs the band, and he wants to go stand up at the front. Body checking people out of the way. Yeah. And and then I notice, I'm like, oh, no. This dumbass is headed to the bar. What is he doing? (laughs) So me being the, you know, good friend that I am, I went upstairs, got myself a drink, came back down, Drank my drink while I watched him work his way up to the front. <laughs> Finished my drink. Went upstairs. Got another one. He now is standing at the bar. I'm like, finish my drink. Go upstairs, get a third. <laughs> he comes back with a Corona, and he's like, I got a drink. And I'm like, yeah, I've had three, dude. You order drinks upstairs. Way easier. Like, just don't, like, look at the volume of people. They have good pizza there, actually. Really? Yeah. I have never had their pizza. It's wood-fired um, in a big brick oven, it's huh. like it's good. I'm gonna have to give that a try. Yeah. So let's see. We've talked patios. We've talked arbitrary crazy stuff. Um, you know, I say what we should do is Pax is coming up again in like 
two like weeks, two I weeks. think, two yeah. weekends, something like that. So I'll be in the city all weekend long. We should have a listener party for all of our listeners for Icy Cocktails. Sure. Let's uh, pick a bar. You post on the website where we're going to be on what night, and we will meet up with all of our listeners and have some drinks. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how few people will show up. Well, I'm willing to count anybody in the bar as our listeners. Oh. Because like, when we get there, they'll be like, oh, my God. You know, and so, yeah, they count. Should I make it close to PAX? Yes, please. That so, so not up the hill to Cannon? No, See? not. <laughs> I waited. Not to Cannon, please. <laughs> Mostly because I don't want to have to walk all the way up the hill and then back. Yeah, whatever. So. Um, where's PAX at? PAX is at the convention center. Yeah. There's a ton of bars down there. Oh, there you are. You can find a good yeah. one easily. Um, that's not that far from Rumba. It's not that far from the Pine Box. Not that far from couple hotel bars that are actually pretty good um as odd as that sounds um we actually the hotel we stayed at last year i don't remember what the name was but it was one of these swanky ritzy ones because we ordered at the last minute and had to settle for whatever was available that was fun yeah it's expensive too are you doing that again this year of course we are we haven't even talked arrangements for where we're staying so i imagine we'll be staying at some ultra hip place again the hotel bar was actually really good there's there's actually a couple hotel bars in, in seattle area that um I know make their own bitters or make their own liqueurs, um, things like that, where they basically have really like put some thought into making the the bar itself pretty impressive. Yeah, the bar that I was at, I really wish I could remember the name of it. The first night we were there, because it was in our hotel, so we'd stop in on our way back or out or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just get a drink. Uh, the bartender... <laughs> no way to handle crowds like a Bloody Mary. Damn straight. The uh, first night I was there, the bartender that was on... Um, I sat down and I'm like, hey, how's it going? What, what's the best drink that you make? And he's like, oh, we do these great blah, blah, blahs here. These are awesome. You should drink them. I'm like, no, that's not what I asked. I said, what do you make that is the absolute best drink that you just get super excited whenever you make it? That's an interesting question. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I do this drink that has like a vodka base. It's spicy and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, give me that. It was great. It was something near as like imagine a Caesar but take out all the yucky bits. So, what, like, imagine a Caesar salad or a bloody no, Caesar. No, the, the drink. Uh, sorry, I hang out with Canadians. Um, yeah, like a Bloody Mary Caesar style drink, right? Well, a, a bloody Caesar. Yeah, it, it's a. For anyone who doesn't know, it's essentially a Bloody Mary, but with clamato juice rather than tomato juice. Yeah. So, uh, it also usually has oyster juice in it. That's what. Good, that's what clamato juice is. Oh, is that okay? That's it's clam and tomato juice, but. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, but yeah, take take the Clamato out. Okay. Uh, and don't leave any of the tomato base in. Uh, and instead add, I don't remember. It's like vodka, Worcestershire sauce. But yeah. It maybe w- some Tabasco. And there was something else in there. There was some kind of sh- fruit puree style stuff. But that just not sounds really. nasty to me. But. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't fruit fruit puree, but it was something that met that same criteria no, as tomato still juice. Still drink or... sounds nasty, but I, I, I hate Bloody Marys, just for the record. Ah, okay. Like, I, like, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm only 50-50 on them, uh, but this drink was just amazing. 50% of the time, I hate them. The other 50% of the time, I really hate them. Oh, that's nice. So it's a 50-50 on that one for me. Yeah, but the, the drink that this guy made was phenomenal, and I was like, oh, that is great. I was hoping he was going to be there the next night. He wasn't. We got some other guy that was just a dial with him. He was like, I'll make a good rum and coke. I'm like, yeah, I fucking make a good rum and coke. <laughs> like, how? How do you fuck up a rum and coke is what you're asking? Not even that. I hadn't gotten that far, actually. I In my head, I was like, how do you call yourself a bartender and say that your best cocktail is a rum and coke? Well... I suspect... There's 19-year-old college students that can make rum and Cokes that have never even thought of it. There's 14-year-old teenagers that can make rum and Cokes. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. That, that's, that's, how, that's, that's one of the interesting things. When you're at a bar, there is a wild difference between when you have a bartender that actually cares about the craft versus a guy that's a bartender because he wants to get chicks or whatever he's hoping to gain. Or it's just the job while doing right. something else, right? No, that's a fair point. Um, it's funny, too, because, like, there's... I was thinking about this the other day. There's different types of bartenders 
that work at different types of bars. Mm-hmm. And there's even good and bad examples of those types of bartenders within that spectrum, right? Like you go with like a sports bar type bartender and you'll have, you know, they're basically only making things like pouring beer and doing rum and Cokes and then like, you know, gin and tonics, gin and, and tonics and whiskey gingers and whatever. Um, but there's still good examples and bad examples of that. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, like all those like examples of, of a relatively simple drinks, but they can do it well or they can do it bad all the way up to like, really people who are interested in craft cocktails or people who are just interested mm-hmm. in cocktails in general or being a really good bartender. Um, it's, it's interesting cause like, uh, last week I went back to, I, I, I tried to go back to swing dancing. Uh, I guess it was like, I guess it was two weeks ago, but it, like the class was full, but right. I went into the bar across the way. And I hadn't been there for mm, four or five months. And the bartender recognized me and remembered mm-hmm. what my drink was, despite it being months. Yep. Um, and, you know, that's a sign of a really good bartender. Plus, mm-hmm. he's very good at making drinks and at being interesting with what his drink creations are. Yep. And I do think there's a different bar that you hold, uh, like a different, um, let's just say capacity, depending on where you're at. Like... There's a sports bar near the office that I have spent a lot of time at. <laughs> um, when I'm there, I get amazingly quick service. They know exactly what I want. By the time my butt you hits the seat... don't have to remember what type of gin you like? I don't have to remember anything. I just show up, sit down, food, drinks appear, and my glass is never empty. Yeah. At a sports bar, that's a win. Yeah. Now, if I were at a uh, high-end cocktail bar, I may personally actually want to sample a number of different styles of cocktails just to see, yeah. you know, where the range is and what kind of yumminess is there. Or if I'm at a wine bar, right? I don't want just like constant refill of the same wine. I may want to switch it up. It depends. If you bought the bottle, you might want them to keep pouring. The Correct. Bottle. If I bought the bottle, I do want them to just keep pouring my wine from the bottle. But uh, yeah, so it, we should actually do a whole topic on what makes a good like, because there's there's a number of different style of bars, right? Yeah. You've got dive bars, you've got whiskey bars, you've got rum bars, you've got cocktail bars, you've got like a whole host of. Next week on the podcast, maybe not next week, but two weeks from now, whenever we get this organized again. But let's be let's be semi realistic. In the next two months, when we do the in the pod- next two months when the next podcast comes out, let's talk different styles of bars and our expectations for each. Sure, I can do that. Awesome. Okay, cool. So um, we're going to count that as the teaser for our next episode, and we will see you all then. Thank you for listening. 